What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vane Podcast. Today we got on Mitch Neeb. Um, but before we talk about Mitch and how awesome Mitch is, just want to preface again uh, a couple things. First of all, um, Onyx Maps, uh, Vector Custom Arrows, and Venato. So those are the three people that I work with. Venato makes clothing, Vector Custom Arrows. They obviously make arrows. Um, awesome shop. Great guys to deal with out of Wisconsin. And so is Venato there out of Wisconsin as well. And then Onyx Maps, of course, if you're looking for a GPS mapping app on your phone, shows public and private private land boundaries. They now got a 3D view, um, all sorts of cool stuff, waypoints, all that jazz. I'm using it a lot right now to track my runs, actually, because they got a tracking app so you can track your runs and your time, things like that. If you're into that fitness stuff, if you're into couch potatoing with chips and bush lights, that's freaking fantastic, too. Um, I've just always had this... Uh, I played soccer my whole life and maybe you'll appreciate this, Mitch, is I, uh, I've always said like, yeah, I, I could run a marathon if I wanted to, but who the hell wants to run 26 miles? You know what? what yeah. What moron wants to do that? You know, that sounds boring as shit. Four hours of just like jogging, like no way. I'd rather play, you know, two or three soccer games in that four hours. Right. Um, and, uh, and then eventually, like, obviously I'm not, I'm not playing soccer that much anymore. And I forget who it was, but someone said, Oh, it was a buddy of mine. He said, uh, he's like, yeah, dude, I want to run a marathon next year. And I was like, all right, I'll run a marathon with you. That way I can get this off my chest and put my money where my mouth is and actually do it. And then of course my buddy bailed out. He dropped out. <laughs> oh, I, my knee, my knees can't do it, dude. I don't know how it's going to work. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, well, if you didn't spend the last, you know, three months, drinking jack and cokes and and bush lights and eating cheese curds and brats yeah. like you you might feel a little bit different but okay i got you um so that said so yeah yeah he dropped out and uh now it's just me and i just gotta i gotta keep pushing to get that the marathons in a month so uh, i've ran a 15 miler and now i gotta get to trying to get to an 18 and then a 22 before before the actual race and at that point. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I'm using on X to, to do is, is to track all that um, and make sure that I'm like, I'm trying to do it in 26 miles. I'm trying to do it in under four hours. And I did my 13 mile run, which is half. And I did that in an hour 50. So that like shaved, that gave me like yeah, 10. Yeah, I, I saw that in your story and you were cruising. Yeah. That's, yeah. That one, dude. All. Yeah, it wasn't bad. No, I, it wasn't bad. I was really hoping for like a one or low 140s. And I don't, you know, that run, I'm going to make a lot of excuses for that run. Like I, I would have liked to do better. <laughs> um, no, I just, uh, uh, I was, it was late at night. It was raining. Um, it was pretty cold. It was in like the, the low 30s. And, um, and I did not I decided to do that run probably an hour before I started it. So I was going to just do like a four or five miler to loosen my legs up and then do that run the next day. And then I was like, ah, I'll just do it now. And so like, personally, I have to be like very, uh, I'm, I'm terrible at hydrating throughout the day. Like I'll drink a cup of coffee. I'll drink a glass of water or something at lunch and that's it. So like, and then when you do a 13 mile run, uh, you're like, my body was just cramping up real hard Yeah. Uh, towards yeah. the end. So anyway, yeah, that's a really long winded statement to say that um, Onyx Maps is a great, great mapping tool. 
<laughs> great, great tool for runners too. Right? So yeah. Works awesome. it, exactly. So yeah, for everybody, uh, anybody who, who hasn't met Mitch, um, Mitch, you can explain because I got to ask you because you're kind of got a, a half yep. new gig now and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so mainly, you know, everything I'm doing is video, photo and social media work. Um, I work for I do social media for Ultra View Archery, which I'm sure quite a few quite a few people are familiar with as well as uh, now I'm editing about 50% of Crispy's videos. Um, for the last year, I was doing all the, the filming and editing for that, or for him. And now I've kind of took more of a, just an editing role, uh, as well as just some, you know, kind of random freelance work throughout the year to, to keep me busy and to fill in any, any open openings throughout my week or, or month or, or year. Gotcha. Okay. Pretty much the, the gist of it. So if you need, if you need a cameraman who can be remote, and you need some content or you need some social media management, find Mitch, yep. right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Mitch is, Mitch has got a, he's got a 50% off discount. If you mentioned the, the deer vein <laughs> podcast, 50% um, increase in price too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably how it would work. Actually, that's probably a better choice. Um, I know because my listeners will probably bust your balls anyway. Um, what, um, so UltraView, uh, I, I obviously know UltraView, um, yep. they make sites and, and releases, but is that like, that's where they're at, right? I mean, they make a great hinge. That's the hinge yep. I shoot. Yep. Um, and then the sites are mainly for target archery. I haven't ever used one. Yeah. So, you know, Ultra kind of started as a primarily target company and now we're really branching into the hunting space. And a lot of people, including myself and, and Chris use uh, the UV3, which is the scope for hunting, because uh, now we have, we have a single pin and a double pin, which I, I like to use the double pin, uh, especially with a lot of sites on the market. Now you, you have your two indicators on your site tape. So, I mean, for whitetail hunting, I'm really trying not to shoot over 40 yards. My two pins are, one is 20 and the other is like 36 on my bow. Of course, those will be different depending on how fast your bow is shooting. But that's like kind of just a sweet spot for me. I don't really have to move my sight too much. Um, but then it, it is on a, a dial. So if I need to shoot further or just messing around shooting targets, I can you know dial it down to 100, 110 yards and not really have to worry about it. Um, nice. But then, you know, same thing with the hinge. A lot of people use that for hunting too, including myself. I've, I, I only shoot the hinge now. Um, I just kind of picked it up one day and started messing around with it and started shooting it more consistent. Now it's like, I'm not going to go back to a trigger style release. This doesn't, this doesn't work well for me. <laughs> doesn't do it. Shoot so, much more consistent. Yeah. Here's my, okay. So I shot, um, so I shot the ultra view this year. I shot it all summer. Very comfortable yep. with it. Still am very comfortable with it. Really like it. Um, and, uh, and I had a buck come in, probably, I don't know. I think this was like early, it was early January, ended up, ended up, um, shooting this buck and, and letting him lay overnight, went to go find him. He was right where I was, where I thought he'd be. Uh, and he ran about 300 yards. I shot him a little far back and, um, or I'm assuming I shot him a little far back, but he yeah. was, he was dead and torn apart by, by coyotes. Um, and it was a shot I, sh I should really should not have messed up. It was like 15 yards. Um, the only thing is that he was, he saw me at like 60 yards and he worked his way to 15. He just really didn't know what I was. Yeah. And he was going through a really small window um, that I had. And I, I grunted at him 
and he to get him to stop obviously and he when I stopped him he just stared right at me right and it was, and it was one of those nights uh early January dead calm it was negative five out it was super yeah. cold and everything was just like still right yeah so yeah. so I stop him and he's staring right at me and I'm already full drawn you know I have, I have everything looked good and then I I went to like you know do my my release motion yep and uh and I had it on him and I was like pop 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 come on like release like I was waiting for that thing to click and uh and it did like I have a clicker on mine and it and it didn't it was it was not clicking as fast as I wanted it to and I was getting real nervous because he was looking at me and uh and it didn't so then I just ended up rip it like ripping through it yeah right and and obviously that's not what you want to do at all um so then my like so that happened and and in my mind I was like okay so is that that is that what's going to happen to me every time I shoot a hinge now or is that just me getting like buck fever and getting really nervous and and not going through the motions and I need to practice more under some sort of stress or time frame now or do I switch and get a thumb button just so when I want to let that arrow loose I can I just push it right what are your what are your thoughts there I I don't want to contaminate what I what I intend to do or what I've done um, but, uh, but I'm just curious as to if that's happened to you or anybody else that, you know, and, and what the solution. Yeah. I mean, was. so I definitely would not say or recommend that hinges are for everyone just cause I mean, you know, as you know, it's not just as simple as, as touching off a trigger. Um, so then, you know, when you're in like those instances, especially hunting, when you're not, you know, at a target at 20 yards, your, your shot timing is relatively the same every single time, or at least here, that's what you're hoping for as to where hunting, you might be, you might draw back and have to hold for 30 seconds to a minute. And that can really throw off your, your shot timing. And, you know, and when you hit your click and the, the amount of distance from your click to your fire can all just like be, well, to your click is going to be the main difference. Like you were just stating and you know when you're maybe shaken have buck fever and you know that just can definitely throw a wrench in things i haven't had it happen um but then again i i've only shot one one deer with this hinge so far um and that was i mean he was at like 15 yards too but it was totally he had no idea i was there and i had all the time in the world to just go through my shot process so it wasn't really a a big deal but i mean that is i'd say like a lot of people do you know, bring that up because with a thumb button, you know, you can just essentially punch it when you need to. And you can, you can do that with a hinge too. Um, but then that just comes down with how comfortable you are with the, with the, hinge. With the rotation. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's all dependent on, on how much you shoot it and how much you practice with it. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's just not for everyone for hunting for sure. Right. So have you, so when you, I know you said you don't, you don't film Chris anymore, but I know Chris yeah. shoots that as well or anybody else that you've, that you filmed, even outside of Chris, has that ever been like, have you ever had, have you ever talked to that shooter about how that process works? And if it's just like, no, you just get it down and it just, it is what it is. And you go through the motions or. Yeah. I haven't, um, haven't noticed any, anything okay. like that. Like Chris shot elk with the hinge and that was, I mean, as you can imagine, that was a pretty intense moment. And yeah, wasn't that like, a bond? It was a bond. It was a deep long shot too yeah it was, right? it was around 80 yards i don't, I don't remember yeah. exactly his far um but then again he shoots more than just about any probably more than anyone i know so 
mm-hmm. for someone to be doing that, it's probably him. <laughs> so, but yeah, right. I mean, he, he shoots so much. He's extremely confident with it. And, um, yeah, so I can't, can't speak for everyone there, but yeah, for at least my experiences and, and his, it seems like it's, it's worked, worked well. Okay. Yeah. And I guess my, my thought on it is like, I am not the person who like tries something once and then because it doesn't go right, I negatively write it off as nope, it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. That's not who I am. Like I want to try it again and I want to shoot with it this summer again. And I want to hunt with it again. And I want to have another experience with it again, because like, you know, over one doesn't mean it's a bad option. If you go over yeah. 10, then you're at zero for 10. Like that's not a good option. Right. Yeah. But if you're nine, if, if the next nine deer I shoot with it are all beautiful, you know, heart double lungs, then I'm nine for yeah. 10 and I, I'm feeling fantastic. And the first one's a fluke. Right. You know, so like, that's, that's the thing, like, that's not me. And I think a lot of people do that nowadays is, is like, they have like a prejudice against something like, you know, oh, like, uh, I don't, I don't know, like a single pin, like single, yeah, broadheads, broadheads are a perfect example is like, oh, I'm going to try out this, this broadhead. Oh, I shot it once. It didn't fly right. Like uh, it it didn't, it didn't hit where I wanted it to like F that broadhead. It doesn't fly good. Like we all know that's probably not the case, but also like, yeah, I have a prejudice against one pins, single pins. And I bought a single pin this year. I bought the, no, no offense to, to ultra view, like your guys, that stuff looks great. Um, but I had to try out that dial, the dialed archery okay. one yep. that those, uh, that those boys came out with. So, um, I wanted to give them a shot and, and see what they have. And they only have a single pin. So I was like, okay, well, yep. You know, maybe I'll take kind of your approach. You have that 36 yard pin. I'll probably have like a 24 yard pin that gives me a pretty good range um, yeah, uh, yeah. yardage there and then just kind of run that and see how that works. Um, yeah. But at the same time, yeah, I'm just not not the person to, to write that off after one. So I my intention is to shoot with the hinge again this year. And I do have um, fun, fun story. I got uh Dylan, uh, Dylan lens of whitetail habitat solutions. So like Dylan and Jeff, yep. I got Dylan coming out to the property the day this will air. So Monday, the 18th. So, uh, Dylan's coming out to walk through and we're hopefully going to pick out some great spots for some food plots, plant those. And I will have some great opportunities to take shots at does that are just, you know, feeding along and can't beat that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's going to be the case. Um, so yeah, and then I'll be able to, to see there, but, um, but okay. No, I was just curious if you, if you had ever experienced that or anybody yeah. you've talked to, or even they, even the guys at Ultraview. So you, are you actually employed by them now? Like, do they employ uh, just, you? Just a contractor. Okay. Contract. Okay, good. Yep. Cause what is, so then what's the name of your company? Uh, it's, I mean, I just operate under my own name. I don't really have a okay. company. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yep. No, that makes sense. Cool. Well, good. Good for you, dude. Um, so let's plug, let's plug you real quick. Um, it is, what's your Instagram? People want to find you. It's just my name, Mitchell Neeb, and then photo at the end of it. All right. And I will post that in the, in the show notes. So yeah. And look at, if you look at ultra views, I can see the, I can see the, uh, in the background, you got the lights and the table and everything for taking photos of the sites and the releases and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What's the new, you guys just came out with like a new type of, is it a new material on the hinge? Uh, yeah. So the, the hinge too, um, is now available in, in aluminum, which we've had. And then the, the stainless steel, which is that 
black anodized stainless steel, yes. um, which is which is new for for this model. Okay. It, yep. used, it used to be brass. That's it. Okay. Yep. 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 All right. Cool. Well, yeah. That no. That's awesome. Um, and then all right. So yeah, if you're looking for content, hit up Mitch. We might be able to hook you up. Um, are you doing freelance filming at all? Like, if someone yes. wanted to pay you to go film, you do it. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it all just depends on like timing, of course, and sure. and whatnot. But like this year, I'm sure I'll have a handful of stuff come this fall and um you know some of that stuff of course it seems like people like to, to procrastinate on but it's all right <laughs> yeah yeah no shit um i bet yeah because it's uh i i've i've talked to a few um videographers and and even hunters and and it's like dude some of that stuff is it, it is so last minute because you don't know when you're going to fill a tag and then you yeah. fill a tag and then you're on to the Something next one opens and, up and yeah someone's not available it's oh yeah it's crazy yeah it's it's <laughs> trying to yeah it's just you gotta fly by the seat of your pants yep. um all right well with the intro conversations over ooh, the last thing i wanted to mention real quick is the june 11th archery shoot i'm hosting an archery shoot uh this is this i should have tied this in with the, the with the promos of 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 the sponsors but I, I do have, for everybody listening, I have an archery shoot coming up. It's June 11th. It's 15 Reinhardt targets. They are like the high quality Reinhardt targets, not the ones you buy at Cabela's. Um, and it's on our private property outside of Dodgeville, Wisconsin. So it's just one day from essentially 8 a.m. to dark. And we're going to have bonfires and beers and, and lunches provided, dinners provided. And it's just a great day to go around unlimited shooting. Um, there's like two and a half miles of, of trails on the property and we got 15 targets and you just go and go and go. And there's a ton of prizes to give away and whatnot. So if you're interested in, in an archery shoot like that at all, um, hit me up on Instagram, find me. Um, we're, we have 50 slots open this year is what I'm going to try. I'm going to have 50-ish people. This will be the first year we open it to the public. And my family's a little skeptical of it. They're like, you're going to have all these random people coming to our like property to do this. And I'm like, well, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, let's just not have like a few hundred or whatever. Like, let's keep it to a manageable number at first. So that's this year. I, I got them to agree to about 50 ish. So that's what we're shooting for. If you're interested in that, you know, find me on Instagram or hit me up. My email is hellera90 at gmail.com again hellera90 at gmail.com and i can send you all the details and everything and uh and yeah it's a good we did it last year with just like my friends we had about 30 ish of my friends come out and uh and it was a blast people had a ton of fun um everybody who had who went last year is coming again this year so except, well, there's probably like eight people who just can't make it because of something else. But everybody else who I've asked is like, yep, I'll come back for that. So if that tells you anything, we have a really high, high return rate. Um, all right. So with that little ad for myself out of the way, the reason we got Mitch on here is because he just smashed a giant Tom the other week in, uh, in Iowa. And we're talking to him about that hunt and going to pick apart some turkey hunting stuff. So I wouldn't call it a giant, but <laughs> well, it's a good one. It was a good yeah, bird. A good good it's one. not, yeah, he's not a, I mean, he's not a 19 inch beard, you know, like yeah. mine was a state last. record, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. I did not shoot a bird that had a 19 inch beard. Let's <laughs> clear that one up right away. I, that did not happen. Yeah. Um, 
but uh maybe this year i don't know i've seen a couple i've seen a couple rope draggers this year man um those are those are the smart ones they always right (laughs) i know yeah those are the ones that i'll probably never kill unless i just randomly (laughs) stumble into them and it's just their time (laughs) right um but uh but yeah so let's hear the story of your bird dude yeah so it's like you're saying uh it's in iowa we've got a lease down there me and and, and three of my buddies um and i mean it's just loaded with turkeys like it's a turkey hunter's dream <laughs> Which, oh, that's- that means it's not like some epic story where i only heard one gobble all day and yeah you know, hunted one bird and whatever but uh i mean there was just there's so many turkeys i bet there was 10 to 15 toms on the whole property and then just how big is the how big is the lease 640 acres but most of it is most of it's um you know just ag so okay so there's creek bottoms and and like kind of two decent chunks of timber but um i mean it just it doesn't seem like there should be that many turkeys down there but there just is and there's is crazy i mean 600 like if you think about that like i mean if if you say let's just say 640 acres uh and you got 10 birds that's one bird one tom for every 64 acres i think that's a reasonable number if you bumped it up to 15 that'd be like one tom for every like 40 ish acres yeah i think i mean that's a reasonable number in my opinion other than the amount of field i would say okay because i mean there's like they're only roosting in three to four spots it seems like so and they're just all grouped up together right now of course with it being early Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah i mean i i drove out there waited for the first one to gobble and just started going at it and yeah um and that's not even the one i ended up killing actually but so this whole property is just you know a bunch of just rolling hills and creek bottom and all that and kind of like worked in on these ones and, and got got set up got close and they they flew down and kind of working the other direction away from me. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get up and start following them, I guess. And I like make it like 50 yards and I hear a gobble behind me. That's kind of close, but nothing, nothing to really like change my mind or change my direction. And I like make it no more than like 10 more steps and they gobble and they're like 150 yards behind me. I'm like, all right, I should probably, should probably get, get Turn set around. up real quick. Yeah. And, I, I set up against a tree, look over, and there's two toms strutting by themselves at 120 yards, 110 yards. And I'm like, all right, well, this is probably going to happen. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I had, a, had a decoy with me, had, you know, a vest full of calls, never put the decoy out once, never made a single call. And I think it was 50 minutes after uh, legal shooting time, they, I mean, they just both ran basically right to me. I think they were going after that other group where they could hear some hens but I mean they just full tilt right across the field and I kind of had to like get up to the field edge and make some like some turkey calls with my mouth without a mouth call so I'm sure that sounded horrendous but terrible made them stop and stick their head up and and that was that was pretty much it is short and sweet turkey season (laughs) nice I mean so there's I that's awesome and that's cool and i think there's some people that are like well i wish my turkey hunting was like that um and sometimes you do sometimes you don't but i think there's some other things to to pull out of that um so like you were you like in a creek bottom and then you had to work your way like up up a little bit and they were here they come and then boom yeah i was staying in that creek bottom because it was 
I mean, it was probably 10 feet deep. So I was just going to walk that whole thing until I could make it to that other group and, you know, nothing sure. would see me. And so then once those, once they gobbled behind me, I had to run up that, that bank, which was, which is fun, all muddy and yeah, disgusting. And finally got up there through the decoy to one side, you know, hopped up there and, and there they were. Nice. So ah, that's sweet. You can't, dude. Can't beat it as far as the turkey hunt goes. Yeah, no, you can't, you can't. And I would say like, there are certainly pieces like turkey pieces or hunting properties that just do better for turkeys. Yeah. You know, same, same in the sense of like deer hunting, like there are properties that are just great deer hunting properties. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, uh, and so like the, by our, by our property. And the thing that I want to want to bring out of that is essentially if you're, if you're turkey hunting out there and you're turkey hunting this fall, or I'm sorry, this spring. And in so in Wisconsin, the season doesn't start for another five days. It starts on April 20th um, is the first. So Wisconsin has a very strange turkey hunting season. If you listen to any of these podcasts before, you know that, but we got a lot of new listeners this fall. But Wisconsin, uh, you buy, you apply for a week. You have seven weeks in Wisconsin that you can hunt turkeys. I think A, gotcha. B, C, D, E, and F. Six weeks. You have six weeks um, and they do them in letters, A, B, C, D, E, F, and that's it. And gotcha. you can apply for that and you have to put in your application. And let's just say like uh, you apply for week A, so the first week, and then you have to pick a zone in the state too. And the state has like six or seven zones as well. So um, you apply for a zone and a week. And then in March, they tell you what zone and week you drew. So essentially, like you have to put in preference one, two, and three, and then they pick one and send it to you. You yep. usually get preference one or two, and sometimes you get preference three. Like my neighbor, he's all pissed off because he got preference three this year. Um, yeah, it is. And, and preference. And so there's an allotted amount of tags. And the, the allotted amount of tags always is always exceeds the amount of hunters. So like we have like, let's just call it um, 50,000 turkey tags and we only have like 30,000 hunters apply. Yeah. So, so there's always an excess of tags. So what they do is everybody, I shouldn't say always, but most zones, most years there's, there's been an excess of tags. So after you get your application in for one, you draw one then on a certain date, they open it up and you can buy one more tag per week, or I'm sorry, per zone per day. So like, essentially, like if you wanted to, you could literally sit there and buy a turkey tag every day for the next 15 days and have 15 turkey tags. Interesting. Yeah. So like, that's how, like, if you have ever watched Breaking Point, like they will have at the end of their season, like season F, there's always tags left over. And you can just buy those things up and you can literally shoot a turkey that day and then buy a tag that day and you get to go again. Huh. So like, um, yeah, so like they'll, there's been seasons where you can buy where guys will shoot five turkeys in the same week. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just the amount of tags that you want to purchase and how much turkey hunt you want to do. Huh. Yeah. yeah. But um, so anyway, like third, I was saying that sucks because third preference is always uh you just kind of throw something in there because no one ever gets it. And it's usually season yeah. D or E that's third preference. Um, and he got D this season and in a zone that he didn't want, he was like, I just picked a random zone because I never do it. So I was just like, whatever. 
and uh, and I freaking yep. drew it, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how the turkey season works in in Wisconsin. And I actually I I like it because you can, it's it's a little bit they they do the week thing for safety reasons. So like we just have a lot of hunters. So essentially, yep. you know, they limit the amount of hunters in the woods, and they kind of do it by population. So like the Milwaukee area uh, has um they space those tags out more than they do in like uh like the Platteville area or the northern Wisconsin area like where there's nobody um or you know or very few people so anyway um that's a long story to say that if you're if you're out hunting and you're not seeing the turkeys that you want you need to go look other places on other pieces of land for sure right yeah. I, you know, I, I've, I, I've been, uh, I've done it myself. The problem that I had was essentially, um, where is my food? My dog just walked in here and he's going to come eat all my lunch uh, <laughs> if I don't pick it up off the floor. Um, so I, I have done that before where you want to hunt a certain piece. So you go hunt that certain piece and you don't hear birds and then you come back home and you go back there again. And it just like, it doesn't work again. And you're like, yeah, there's not birds here to kill. So you're not going to hear them. You're not going to kill them. You got to go find other places, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's important to note. Like if you're going out, you're not seeing shit, you're not hearing shit, drive somewhere else and go check. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's, I, one of my buddies sent me a Snapchat. He's like, I've never scouted for turkeys before in my life, but I just spent an hour and a half scouting and I found a field that I can hunt. And it's full of birds right now. And I haven't had any luck over the last couple of years hunting this other piece. So I'm clearly going to go here this year. And I was yeah. like, why haven't you done that previously? Yeah. Like, sure. you know, so yeah. I mean, when you guys leased this, did you know there was a ton of turkeys on it or um, were you just getting it for deer? We, yeah, we just got it for deer. And then, you know, the whole summer when we were like setting it up, hanging tree stands and, and doing all the summer work, we, we saw a bunch of turkeys and then when we're hunting, I mean, there was one day where I probably saw a hundred turkeys, N- not necessarily together, but probably like three different groups. I bet, yeah. I bet there's close to a hundred, which is, Dang. I mean, that's like the first time I've ever really seen that. Like I've never, like in Michigan, if you see 30 together, that's like a pretty, you know, pretty that's, good. Like a, that's a large amount of turkeys, but then hundred yeah. out there is like, jeez. And mm-hmm. I know, once it just got lucky because it didn't end up being the greatest deer hunting. So I'm, I'm happy that <laughs> at least it's turkey hunting. Turkeys, so, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I would, I did have, I've never had anything close to a hundred, but there was one time um, a buddy and I went hunting and all these turkeys came out from one side and we counted like 47 in a single yeah. flock I mean, and they all just work into this too. field. It's I can't believe we didn't get busted. We were in a tree stand, you know, really? and they just came walking right out. And we're like, oh my God, are we going to, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I think it was like just past turkey season because Wisconsin has a fall turkey tag as well, but I think it yep. ends in like mid-November. And this was like after season because I was like, dude, we have tags. And he was like, season ended like four days ago. And uh, these turkeys must have known it, you know, oh, yeah, right? Sure. It's like, yeah, we're just going to pile out in the field now. Uh, It's not like anybody hunts turkeys in the fall that much anyway. It's kind of like a bonus, a bonus tag, right? If it happens, it happens. Yeah, for sure. Type of thing. 
So, um, in back to back to your story, um, you just run in a regular twelve gauge or twenty gauge, or what are you shooting? Yep, just uh, an old Stoger M two thousand, which is the same as their M three thousand. I think I bought it. I was probably about like twelve or thirteen. You know, my dad and I just went to Cabela's one day and it was there on sale and that's what I bought. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. It's kind of worked ever since. And um I used the the Winchester which of I mean then they work just fine for the past however many are we back Mitch yeah okay fantastic I think so all right cool I got a robot I got a robot voice for a minute there um (laughs) what do you you were saying you had your old Stoger and you used a Winchester and that's where I lost you so the Longbeard XR the shells oh sure and uh so that gun only shoots three inch, which is which is fine because three and a half kicks so hard I don't really care to shoot them. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Yeah, it's three inch, like four shot. And I mean, it's not it's not the craziest shell out there. It's not, you know, eighty dollar box of TSS, but it seems to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that one. I was gonna ask you about that because I walked into uh so I shoot, so I have a I have a Benelli Nova which is like their low end pump shotgun. And that thing has been fantastic for me. I bought it for 300 bucks, like eight, nine years ago. And that thing has gone through a whole lot of crazy, ridiculous duck hunting. And and now it's doing a lot of turkey hunting and um, it's been great, but I made sure I bought it in three and a half because I was doing some goose hunting with it and I wanted to reach out. So I shoot three and a half turkey loads, three and a half inch turkey loads. And yes, they do. They certainly, you're not, you're not wanting to shoot a lot of those, um, for, for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, uh, the lady asked me, she's like, do you want five shot or four shot? And this was at a, a gun store down the road from my house. And I was like, I don't know what, like, what do people normally buy? Or what do you think I should buy? She goes, it doesn't really matter she's like if they're if they're anywhere within 50 yards you're probably gonna kill them anyway she's like the the five shots just uh what was she i forgot which one's bigger i think the five shot is smaller and the four shots bigger yeah she's like so four shot will reach out a little bit further less bbs five shot be a little bit closer and we're talking like five ten yards maybe not even so she's like it doesn't doesn't really matter whichever one you want so and they're both the same price so whatever um but yeah i think that's something the choke how about your choke do you have a choke in there are you using nothing yeah i'm just using the the extra full turkey choke that came with the gun you know nothing okay nothing too fancy just the regular stoker choke nice yeah and i don't uh i don't i'll this is how much i know about shotguns is i don't i'm fairly certain i have a choke in my gun but i'm not sure what it is um so my ideal scenario is like under 30 yards <laughs> at yeah. that point, under 30 and over 10. Like, so I don't, yeah. they're not too close and that my pattern's way too small. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and I wish I could do, I wish I could tell people better 
better on what to do there. Maybe I'll have to have somebody who's on a, who's a real gun nut on and talk to them about that. But yeah, I just, I mean, did you actually, yeah. I mean, you just left the one in that you bought it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, like the gun came with, I think four or five chokes and, and that's the, the tightest, tightest choke that they have. It's just the, you know, I don't think it's branded at all. I think it's just whatever comes with the gun. It's just an extra full turkey choke. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, I feel like if you're trying to reach out and like poke a turkey at like 60 yards or you're even like 50, like that's when it really kind of starts to matter a lot. Yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly confident in it. Like those, those TSS shells and some high dollar turkey chokes and, and different gun shot, you know, ammo combos do play a big difference, but I mean, like the past few years, every turkey I've shot has been under 40 yards. So I'm like, uh, personally, I just hasn't, I don't need to go out and spend $500 to find a combo that works when I already have one that works. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. And that's, that's one of the reasons I love, uh, I love turkey hunting. Um, well, there's a lot of reasons I like it, but the simplicity of it is just like the, one of the cheapest shotguns you can get. You don't need anything outrageous. You know, a 12 gauge is probably cheaper than a 20 gauge right now. And like, you could just get a, a 12 gauge and you can go out and grab some shells, three inch. Yeah. Shit. You could do it two and three quarters if you felt like it, you know, and, uh, and you can go kill, you can go kill a Turkey and you don't yep. even need like your, your story. You don't have to have great calls. You don't have to have great decoys. Yep. Certainly they, they help in a lot didn't of scenarios, but you don't have to. <laughs> sure. What's that? Yeah. Didn't, didn't even use the calls or decoys. I mean, for people who think you need, you know, a whole flock of decoys and, and a $150 box call and a slate call and a glass call. And you just, I mean, all that stuff's nice. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely not needed. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. So, you know, the last couple of years, um, I've been working around this, uh, this piece of public that I hunt. Well, it's not a piece it's, it's 6,000 acres, multiple pieces. Um, and I found a few great pockets of turkeys that I really like um that that seemed to always hold birds um and the first year I went out there uh I didn't use I think I laced off like six or seven shells at at good times and I didn't kill a single one and I think I don't think it's right I know it's terrible um I didn't use any decoys I didn't use any calls that was literally all spot and stalk and ambush style like okay I hear them and I know the property. I've walked this enough. I kind of think I know where they're going to be. And I'll wait for them to, to gobble again or something. And then I'll kind of make my way based on whatever direction they're going. And I'll set up and hang out and see what I can do. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of, and I think that's honestly, I think that's a lot of fun because you can't deer can hear and smell so well that yeah. you can't really do that with deer, yeah. you know, but turkeys, like they get stuck in that tall grass. You can belly crawl you can work around you can get close you pop up it's it's i think it's a lot of fun doing it that way yeah it is definitely yeah so like i i i did that and and i don't think the people would be like well anthony if you used a full choke and good better shells you'd be able to kill those birds i don't think that it was the gun in the shells i think it was the operator i really think that like honestly i get so excited that i pull up the gun and I just kind of point and shoot rather than actually aim. And at that point, like, sometimes I feel like I was just flat out missing. 
or like I had one that I don't, I have no idea how I didn't kill it. Um, I just like, I shot it and all my BBs went right around his head and he kind of looked at me and flew. Like you literally saw the dirt fly all around it and he just flew off. I, was like, I don't even know what happened there. Um, yes. Yeah, very, very strange scenario. Uh, but in, but in general, so like then this last year, um, I did pick up a couple Dave Smith decoys. Um, cause I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna spend the money. Uh, I've had uh, a really kind of fleet farm special decoy, um, yep. that I've been using and it's, I think it's turned more birds away than brought them in. Um, so I just kinda, I quit bringing it. So I used these Dave Smiths and I did kill two birds on them last year. Um, and both of those birds, I literally just took my time put my bead on their head, pulled the trigger and they all, they both dumped right there. Yeah, so I right. know it's not the gun in the shells. I know yeah. like, and one of them was like 35 ish yards. And one of them was like 15. So yeah. I know those, I know they work. I know that works. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the big thing there is, is finding, finding the property that holds birds. Um, yeah, absolutely. Give me one second here. All right. Just had to cough quick. Um, what about, what about like, do you have, have you ever felt, cause I know you've, you've filmed other people shooting turkeys and whatnot too. Have yep. you ever felt that, um, that the, that the decoys did make a huge difference or the amount or the style of decoys, or has anybody ever talked to you about that? Or have you ever experienced um, anything like that? My personal experience is I've had better luck without decoys than I have with decoys. Um, like really I've killed, I've only really killed maybe two birds using decoys and I've killed, you know, 10 or 15 without them. Um, if you're bow hunting, then I think decoys are like very necessary because otherwise, I mean, to get them within 20 yards or ideally, you know, you want them right on top of you for, for a good shot. And, and I have, I've had them work great for that. Um, but I have seen turkeys shy away from decoys a lot. And, you know, like you were saying, like my style and what I think is the most fun is just run and gun hunting. And, and when you're having to carry around two extra decoys and, and, and all this stuff, it just, it doesn't quite make it as fun. In, in my opinion, you have more just stuff to, to carry to hang on to and, you know, not leave behind. And I don't know. It's just, yeah. even, even filming um like chris shot one in nebraska with a decoy that was with a bow um i shot one in nebraska with a bow but other than that like we just didn't even use decoys it's just so, running and gunning just run and gun yeah and i i think that's a lot of fun i think one of the one of the thing people don't like about running gun is the potential for uh, like getting shot by somebody else, somebody else that's terrible. Like, especially if you're on public ground, public for sure. Yeah. 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 I think that that might be one of the concerns people have. And I do like, have you ever heard that at all? Um, yeah, I've heard of it a few times. Most of, most of all the, the turkey hunting I do is on private though. So I, you know, I don't really worry about that too much. A lot of people talk about like reaping turkeys it's like, I'd never do that on public. Like there's, there's no way. <laughs> That's <laughs> a terrible, think, yeah. I think some places that, that might even be illegal or whatnot, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, I feel like common sense would, would uh, kick in before laws on whether or not you should 
hold a turkey fan on public land. <laughs> yeah, that is one of those tough. That is one of those tough, uh, tough like thoughts. Like you, you would think common sense would play in there, but at the same time, like yeah, some people just don't don't have it or they think they think everyone else is very very intelligent and 100 make sure that they know the bird make sure that they see it and some people shoot at just shit that moves and you hear about it every year yep right um yeah i mean like it's kind of like when they when they teach you to drive a little bit or at least when my mom taught me to drive it was more or less like hey like be be somewhat defensive and always be aware of your surroundings and be defensive in terms of keeping an eye on other cars like if you see someone else that's probably texting and driving because they're swerving a little bit like maybe you want to get past them or slow down and stay behind them a ways yeah right don't sit in their blind spot the uh and same with same with turkey hunting like you know be be defensive out there but at the same time like you have to get aggressive in order to kill some of these birds especially if you're spotting stock running gunning i have so there's sir i've run into a few people on the on the public ground and one of the i was gonna say like our private ground i would love to hunt it and kill turkeys on it and they're just like our shit for turkeys there like there's just nothing there and i've hunted it i hunted it the first year and a couple seasons and then i hunted or my uncle hunted it last year a couple seasons and he didn't have any luck and i didn't have any luck and and it's just better out here by me on the public in these little spots that I know. So, yeah. um, so when I go out there, I do bring an orange like vest with me because sometimes I'm walking through areas that are higher, like likelihood of hunters where I know I'm not going to hunt. And I am yeah. very fairly certain there are not turkeys but other people, they look beautiful. So I've seen other people set up in these spots like, oh, this would be a gorgeous spot to shoot a turkey, right? And we as humans do it all the time. You're like, oh my God, this is such an awesome, like nice little clearing and opening. Let's put a decoy out here. And I know like I've, I've, I hunted those spots before and I don't get any luck. So like one year I just put a lot of time and I'd go out, you know, at 4am or whatever, listen to them gobble before they pop off the roost. And there was never anything close to those like little pockets of beauty closer to the parking lot. Yeah. Um, so when I am going through there and I know I'm making like a longer trek, I will throw the orange on like the orange vest on. I'll just throw it over my, over, over all my stuff. I'll look like a moron walking through the woods, you know, cause I'm carrying all my stuff and I got this orange thing just flapping around, but at the so same time, <laughs> yeah, like at the th- same time, I don't want to get shot and I know I'm not going to be hunting in that area. And even then, like there's all these little hills and stuff. So even then, like if I peek my head up over some of these hills, um, I might be able to like see those turkeys first. If there are actually birds there for whatever reason, then yeah. I can duck back down, peel off the orange and then go set up. But yeah. I think that's the, that's the one thing that I could certainly uh, advise is, is doing that. Or if you're not interested in bringing the orange, the other thing I like to do is I will walk right through the middle of a field. Like if I, rather than walking the edge, like you almost always do to stay hidden. Uh, if I'm going across a field where I think there might be other turkey hunters, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to screw up your day, but I'm going to walk right through that. That way you don't think I'm a turkey walking up the tree line and you're facing the other way and you turn to, you know, put a beat on me, yeah. right? It's like very clear and evident that I am a human walking <laughs> across a cornfield. Sure. So 
yeah, that's, that's the other thing I try to do. And I did catch myself. Um, there was one time I bumped into it and I like scared another Turkey hunter. And he told, he told me, he was like, Holy shit. I didn't, Oh man, I didn't know what you were. Um, and I was coming up over, I was walking through some brush and I got into like this little drainage, kind of like what you were in, like a Creek bottom. And then I popped up and I, in the Creek bottom was, I don't know, maybe a hundred yards long and I could have popped up anywhere. And I happened to pop up within like 15 yards of this other dude. And I'd never seen anybody else hunt here. Never seen any other sign. I thought I was out there by myself and, and he popped in. He just goes, Holy cow. You scared me. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even know you were there. You know? And he's like, Oh, no worries, dude. I, you know, I got my decoys out over here and I was coming from the totally opposite direction of him. He entered from a different parking lot. So, but it was, it was good. I mean, uh, that's the only time that that's ever really happened. I'm sure other people can can relate oh, to yeah. that yeah um what about uh what about camo have you ever like i know some people are very particular about camo for like everything with turkeys yeah. like camo face mask camo hat camo everything um and the birds i killed last year i had brown pants and a camo top on yeah. um and i don't i don't know what hat i wore i did not wear a camo hat but i did wear i uh uh, a face mask like a net gator like i'll bring yep. that and i'll pull that up when i know i'm like in the zone um yeah what about I mean, yeah what about you without a doubt it's just it's just movement like if i don't think it matters what you're wearing if you're moving they're gonna they're gonna see you and they're gonna start putting and either walk or run or fly away and you're not gonna kill them um so as, as far as camo like you know i don't i always wear a face mask i'd assume that would help quite a bit but i've never like not worn a face mask and killed one so i can't say whether that's fine or not <laughs> but i'd assume just like just like deer hunting i mean if you can cover up most of your 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 skin then i'd assume that would be better um right but i just i just wear depending on depending on like the weather i'll just wear the same stuff that i'm deer hunting in or uh like the same stuff i i use out west or whatever um depending if it's you know, like the recent years in Michigan, when it's I feel like it's 25 degrees and just absolutely so cold, and I'll just put everything I can on. Um, yeah. Otherwise, if it's warm, I mean, a long sleeve t-shirt and a, like you said, a khaki pair of pants or something. I don't really think that matters at all. It's just just movement. I mean, they have their eyes are so good. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I guess yeah, I was talking like. I have a couple of my buddies, they have like green, like not green, but camo with a lot of green in it for turkeys. Yep. And they say, they're like, dude, this has helped me kill so many birds. They used to always see me before and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're, I would, I would agree that maybe it helps you, but I also would agree that you're another year experienced in killing turkeys. Like you failed. Yeah eight times and now you're finally starting to be successful that might be because of your camo that might be because well you just don't move as much now right yeah. or you're set up yeah. or you're set up better right a lot of people too um like i i wear all the the stick gear stuff and you know they have their white tail pattern and then they have their you know like kind of western subalpine yeah. people you know think that you can't kill a turkey if you wear the the white tail pattern i'm like people like it's just camo like you're way over complicating this just wear whatever you have it it really does not matter i don't think like just just don't move and 
you know, try to conceal yourself a little bit and don't skyline yourself and you'll probably be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, and that's a great example because the whitetail pattern is not, it's like white. I forget Whitish, what color. Blue, gray yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing great in that? Yeah. Obviously. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I have, you know, a decent bit of subalpine. So I, that's well where most time, unless it's really cold, but I mean, I don't know. I see people every year wearing the, the whitetail pattern killing turkeys. So yeah, I have to imagine that you'll be fine in early season too. I mean, it's, it's not even green to begin with. So like, there's no, yeah, it's right, really right. haven't started, you know, blooming or anything like that. And there's not much grass. So it's no different than deer hunting other than not being up in a tree really. Right. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, all right. Last thing would be calls. Like, do you guys, have you hunted with anybody that is very particular about calls or is it mainly like just, you know, putts and some, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't, I'm terrible at calling, so I'm not going to yeah. pretend to know, but I've never, I haven't hunted with anyone that's like a fanatic about calling or super good at it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not like a giant turkey hunter either. I, it's something I just really enjoy. And it's because there's, I mean, you can't deer hunt right now. So you might as well turkey hunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my favorite call right now is the Woodhaven. It's like, the, it's just their glass call. It's the standard okay. one. I think it's called the, like the cherry classic or something like that. And I actually, I won it. I think they did a giveaway or something on Instagram when I won it. And that's like my favorite call hands down. It's, it just, sounds like no matter what you do it just sounds good <laughs> okay and i've never used those calls it's, and it's a wood wood say it again woodhaven yeah. a woodhaven i think it's the cherry classic slate or a glass call okay gotcha yeah the uh i i'm not great at calling but last last both the birds i killed last year i i think i called them in i suppose unless they yeah. just like I, I yeah i mean i called the both of them um and i literally used my elk reed and because that's i forgot my tur the first one i forgot my turkey calls and i just had my elk reed in my truck so i was able to make some um yelps with that and one of the podcasts i was listening to a meat eater podcast and it had the turkey doctor on and he's yep. he was saying that um Turkeys have an incredible ability, same with elk and same with deer, an incredible ability to pinpoint like exactly where they hear a noise from, right? So like if you're rattling a buck in yeah. or grunting a buck, they like know exactly where that is. Same with an elk. If you're bugling them in, oh, yeah, same with yeah. a turkey. Like if, if sure. you yelp at them, they're like, I know exactly where you are. So what, what he said, and, and again, this had helped me kill both my birds last year, which was after you call, like, if you're pretty sure they heard you, they probably heard you and they probably know where you are. Now it's just up to them to be interested, you know, or yep. you to make it interesting enough. So both those birds, I just yelped at them a few times and then just shut up. And within a half hour, they were there and ready yep. to die. So curiosity. yeah, curiosity. And, and again, those decoys helped me a lot. Like I put myself in a position, both of them, I spotted before I set up and okay. both of them, I then based on where I saw them, I found somewhere close that I could get to and set up. And then I just hung out 
made a couple calls and just waited and here they came. So I, you know, the thing I love most about turkey hunting is they do not care about your scent. They don't care about the wind. You don't have to worry about that a bit. And it's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you're like, Oh dude, I can, I can enter this property from anywhere. I can yeah. enter from the same spot every single time. It doesn't matter. Great. <laughs> like that is that is probably the best part about turkey hunting. Yep. Um, that that and them gobbling, so you actually know where they are. And like yeah. deer, you don't even don't even have a clue until they show up. Right. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. At least you you know it'd be really nice if a whitetail just like every hour or so gave you a big grunt to let you know that there was a big dog in the area. Right. Be like, oh, perfect. I'm yeah. still in the game you know whereas gobblers right all right cool they're still here they're still Still here here. right exactly at least no chance (laughs) right yeah exactly otherwise yeah whitetail you sit all day and you're like i'm pretty sure there wasn't a deer here at all today (laughs) uh um all right well yeah anything else that you found like was there anything else from your hunt this year or or previous years or anything that you've been like dude that was a really good tip and really helped me kill some birds um i would say like my biggest tip would be roosting birds before you're you're going to hunting going Mm. hunting um just to have an an idea of where they are um and then kind of you know go on onyx and start planning out where to where to go in the morning where to set up and how close you can get without before they can see you and you know i'd say that's probably like the biggest tip and probably the most helpful and then um i'd say depending on the amount of turkeys in your areas don't be afraid to be aggressive if you're like running a gun with a with a shotgun then i I was actually i was just watching uh the hunting public video today at lunch and they were talking about uh I think he was even saying like that wild turkey doc that uh, I can't remember his name. Um, they were oh, saying like, look him up. like the odds of like if, if you spook a turkey, then your odds of that turkey doing the same thing like within a, a short time period drastically lower because I think they were they were hunting some birds in Illinois and then the, you know you're not allowed to hunt after 1 p.m. I think it was, and when they're walking back to their truck, they didn't want to spook these birds because they wanted to go in there the next morning to hunt so you know i from my past experiences of, of spooking turkeys I'd, I'd agree with them for sure on that so if you're gonna if you are gonna hunt the same spot over and over uh definitely don't try to spook them because i think that'll that'll drop your odds considerably yeah okay so before we before we pop off here i know we're pretty much out of time but before we pop off first one roosting birds are you doing that only the night before or are you doing that like weeks in advance or what's the idea there i mean i'm doing it like the night before because i'm <laughs> if they're there that that more or that night you know they're going to be there in the morning and that's i don't know i know some people yeah. though who will do it like a month and a half before season and i probably just don't care enough to do that <laughs> oh no i i my what i'm getting at there is a I, I, I do that. Like I was doing that. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday I went and scouted for turkeys yesterday morning, just took my dog for a walk, scouted for some birds, found, found six times. Fantastic. Right. Um, but the reason I, I do it is, uh, is because, well, right now I know that it's likely, it's very likely that they will move around, but as long as they're in the general area, then I know I'm going to generally I'll be in the money. 
like, okay, there are six birds on this like 200 acre chunk of public, whether they're yeah. going to go on to private or, or whatever, but at least I know they're here. You know, that's, that's yeah. like, I, I'm taking two guys out that have never turkey hunted before this year. So I just want to make sure that like, there's actually birds there this year. Um, but the other thing yeah. I wanted to get at is that um, birds will change where they roost. Like they can change every day. They can be in the same roost for three days straight for six days straight. They can move around, but yeah. in general, they have like, kind of like whitetails, they have a general home range that they yep. like to stay in, which typically has somewhere between like one and six roost trees that they like. So like you're yep. generally going to find them in that area. So these six times that I found uh, the other day, they're probably still going to be roughly in that area. They might not be all six of these guys were together, which was weird, okay. but yep. there were a bunch of hens in there too. Um, and I be, I'm willing to bet as the season goes on, cause I don't hunt for another two weeks. I bet you they'll kind of break up a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. And they won't sure. be so together anymore. So then I'll be yep. able to back to your point about being aggressive. I can, there's six birds to try to kill. So if I screw up on yep. two, I still got four left. Right. Yep. And we can work our way around that. And, and like, if, if I'm taking these new guys out and we bust, you know, one or two of those one day, well, then I'm going to go to the, another section of the property, go hunt the other ones the next day. And, and yep. hopefully no one else is in there trying to kill them, but it's entirely possible that there is. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's, that was the point of the roost question, but yeah, I really like the idea of, of getting aggressive and that's really interesting that, uh, they were saying it would throw off their, their pattern, um, yep. which I, you would assume would be the case, but at the same time, some people are like, nah, turkeys are dumb enough. They'll come back as long which as sometimes they are. It's right sometimes yeah 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 i think you know because i've i've shot shot turkeys and then the next morning i've heard them gobble in that same roost so i'm like well you know what does that mean (laughs) right someone moved right they were like oh cool tim's dead i get his hands he's gone you know (laughs) you know johnny's moving in now this is johnny's house now right or whatever um (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you can, like I had that happen um, not last, like a couple of years ago. Um, I was out hunting with a buddy and we killed a bird. On, so we get from Wednesday to Tuesday is our week. We killed them okay. on Wednesday and the next, that was with his tag. And then Thursday I was going in there to kill, try to kill him and try to kill another bird. And there was a same, same spot. We got on a bird. I didn't kill him, but same exact spot. Oh like right away crack it on he sounded off in the same tree we're like oh cool let's just reset up here this is going to be one boring two days because we're not really doing a whole lot but you know we're going to kill two birds um and we didn't end up killing. take it take it like you can't when you're turkey hunting yeah exactly and i'm like yeah that's such a whatever uh, a first world thing to say is like oh man this is gonna be a boring hunt you know there's always people like i can't even get a gobble so yeah apologize apologize for that but uh yeah, no, great, great points to end on. Um, great tips. And it's the wild turkey doc is his Instagram and it is Mike Chamberlain. Yep. So if you do not follow that guy on Instagram, you need to. He has great, great educational information on turkeys. He's a, I believe he's like a turkey biologist or something. He just yep. has all these data points on turkeys. So certainly, you know, go follow him, listen to his stuff because it's very, very good. Um all right. And with that, I think we're, I think we're good. You got anything else to, to add, Mitch? 
Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. Go like uh, Ultra View Archery's page and like all the photos. Yeah. And uh, say they're <laughs> awesome. And the photography's great. And you wish yep. you had more uh, more content. Right? Uh, Absolutely. All right. Again, it's Mitch Neeb. Mitchell. It's Mitchell Neeb photo, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Mitchell Neeb photo. I will put it in the, the show notes here. Thank you again for popping on, Mitch. Really appreciate it. And yeah. um, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Again, everybody, if you're looking for a cameraman, you're looking for an editor, you're looking for a social media guy, content creator, check out Mitch. Great dude. And you're back in Michigan now. So much. Yes, well, yep. And we're in, I'm in Wisconsin and most of the listeners are Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa. And I got a, there's a, there's a, certainly a lot of you from uh, Pennsylvania as well, actually. So I'll have to yeah. yep, run out there at some time. I was thinking about doing a hunt this this year with Johnny Stewart and that might happen, might not. So that'd be a fun one, but anyway. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, you enjoyed the podcast, enjoyed the conversation. Please give me a thumbs up, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform. And if you guys could leave a review, I would really appreciate that as well. All right. Thanks everyone. Catch you next time.